0: coffee metal podcast episode 52 greetings everyone welcome to the comics coffee metal podcast i am your host don cardenas i hope you are all doing well uh this week we have a big long interview with my amazing guests and so i'm going to keep all this upfront stuff as short as humanly possible i don't want to hit that two hour mark with the podcast because uh not great things happen <laughs> uh, algorithmically with that kind of stuff. And also, uh, you know, I'm rambling. It's just, just shut up, Don. Get to it. All right. So, uh, coffee. I've been uh, trying out some stumped-down coffees, as I mentioned last week. This time, I'm talking about the 100-mile blend, which is uh, noted as having jam and toffee flavors. And it's it's not my jam, <laughs> so to speak, uh, pun intended because I'm lame. But, yeah, this wasn't my choice. Uh, My wife picked this blend in particular. It sounded good to her. And, well, I can full-on say it's well done. It is definitely giving you what it says it's going to give you. It just was not for me. Uh, I find that, like this and with the Hairbender blend, last time I talked about coffee, they, uh, I, I guess I'm not super into super very big prominent uh, flavors of coffee. The hairbender, like I said, it, it was good. At, you know, melt. You know, I was able to like. It was so much about the that flavor that I was able to to drive with it. But for this one, I don't know, the jam and toffee notes just weren't hitting it for me. Now, I did, of course, <laughs> a mix with my uh, favorite rootless damn fine coffee, and yeah, that that was that was a a very uh, positive experiment, I should say. I did about three quarters rootless, quarter of the Stumptown, and that definitely did it for me. I guess I'm just not, yeah, I guess just, you know, prominent flavors and coffees just not really uh, connecting with me. But if, if jam and toffee sounds like, you know, the type of coffee you would like and you'd like a big, bold, strong flavor, definitely check it out. Stumptown Coffee, 100 Mile Blend. All right, for a comic book recommendation this week, I am talking about Dead Legends 2, issue 1 from Wave Blue World. Now, I had talked about the trade for the first volume of Dead Legends just over a year ago. I picked it up from C2E2 from artist and buddy Gavin Smith and it was great. It was an awesome martial arts action tournament style intrigue drama book. It was it was the fights are great. Uh, it was Appropriately violent, but had plenty of emotion and heart behind it. And Gavin's art is stellar, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. And so I'd, I had some pretty decent expectations for *Dead of Legends* too. I've been watching Gavin, you know, tease art snippets of it and all that, and I was really interested to see where they're going with the story. And I was—all uh, my expectations were not only met but exceeded. Now, uh, writer James Maddox, artist Gavin Smith. Color assistant Milena Deneno, letterer Ryan Ferrier, and edited by Joe Illedge and Tyler Chin Tanner. They, they 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 crafted another just round of this amazing martial art comics, and yeah, I'm I'm really happy that uh, they got to continue this story. Uh, when we left off, our heroes were kind of on the run <laughs> from our big bad. And we pick up right there. They, they get no rest for the, for the Wicked here. And it is just nonstop action from the beginning. Uh, they definitely work in plenty of characterization and, and great moments there. And while I guess technically some time has passed since the last volume, uh, you, you, it feels like there's just go, go, go. There's, there's an intensity to everything happening. And Gavin's art has just leveled up yet again. He is nailing all these action scenes. He is doing a stellar job on the colors as well. And yeah, this whole team is doing a fantastic job. And if you like any type of action, martial arts style, uh, comics, movies, whatever media, this is definitely for you. Uh, Dead Legends trade is available everywhere. Dead Legends 2, number one, is coming out this Wednesday. It will be available at finer comic shops everywhere and digitally. And if you're having trouble uh, finding it, I'm sure if you go to Away Blue World's website, awbw.com, they'd be more than happy to let you know where you can find it. And of course, links in the show notes. All right, for music recommendation this week, I have two very quick recommendations. The first one is from Dalton Deshaun Deshane, I'm butchering the name, I'm sure, (laughs) and The Traveling Show. With the new LP Freak Show Now Dalton uh, Full disclosure Dalton has hired me Or hired me to do a uh, A page short for his uh, Patreon only Monocle Series well not Patreon only He releases them in print later and all that but He had uh, you know Hired me to do some pages and Found out he was a musician and he you know He let me know what his, his Stuff was and I, I had They just released this album and I'm like Oh cool I'll go, I'll go check it out And it's not metal per se, um, but it is definitely some really cool rock. It's definitely groovy. It's definitely fun. And it's definitely a good time to listen to. So I highly recommend you go check that out. Uh, Even if, you know, you're the staunchest of heavy metal guys, (laughs) uh, I think we all kind of listen to different stuff. And I just wanted to highlight this because, one, he's a collaborator now, and two, it's really good. He's an excellent songwriter, and it's really, really fun stuff to listen to. It's available everywhere you get music. Dalton DeShane and The Traveling Show, Freak Show. Check it out. All right, for my metal music recommendation this week, I am going with a band that, again, (laughs) I don't know if this is full-on metal. Uh, I found them because I saw a bunch of uh, metal YouTubers I watch talking about them and kind of reacting to them, and that is the band Sleep Token. Now, this band is... It's unusual. Uh, not unusual in like, oh man, they do some really weird stuff. It's just a mashing of genres that I don't i don't recall really hearing much, you know, at least in recent years. It's very kind of um, almost... posier, Gautier-type, alternative rock-style vocals some very moody lyrics and very moody instrumentals and then it, it comes these parts in that are just super low down tuned heavy riffs and just creating this huge vibe and this huge just massive kind of wall of sound and the videos are very interesting the the guys like in i robe in this weird kind of get up and all that and it's it, it's kind of it's, it's really cool um it kind of get it. it kind of gives me the vibe of just kind of that, um just kind of almost gothic dirge or something like that. Something like a more modern version of like what typo negative would do sometimes, but no electronic stuff or no you know ultra dirty stuff. It's just kind of just dirty stuff in terms of like tones and, and music and all that. But yeah, it's just really cool stuff. It's just like really deep and heavy and just. Just a mood, a really big mood and a really big vibe. And it was something pretty different. Um, you know, Last week I kind of fell back on some groove metal and I've been doing a lot of death metal and, and, and kind of uh, some black metal type stuff or deathcore or whatever. And this was this was a really cool thing to come across. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, now, the album, the latest album is called This Place Will Become Your Tomb. That is not out yet. But there's two singles off of it that are really good called The Love You Want and Alkaline and that's where I heard of them. This was just a really cool sound and you know I I'm having trouble kind of describing it outside of this like those big spacey overly reverbed or not overly but this heavily reverbed you know kind of alternative rock vocals and then just you got this this thunderous guitars coming in at some points Um, there was a previous album called Sundowning which is also very good I I gave that a quick listen and yeah it's it's just (laughs) it's just really cool and different and if you're looking for something that's kind of uh almost chill but still heavy and still dark definitely check this out sleep token uh here's a taste of the song alkaline the album is this place will become your tune that's coming out in september But the last one, Sundowning, is out now and available
1: everywhere. Alright
0: before I get to my guests real quick I just wanna do a quick little apology for my audio during the interview portion. I, uh, accidentally nudged the gain on my microphone a little too high, and though I adjusted the volume level, there's gonna be parts where I'm a little, uh, distorted or boomy or whatever, and totally my bad. I I forgot to double-check before (laughs) we hit record, but, yeah, uh, I fixed that now, but, yes, if you notice a little bit of distortion and stuff in my voice, that's it. I'm maybe being nitpicky here, but just wanna let you know. Alright. Alright, now for my guest this week. I am talking to the formidable duo of Michael W. Conrad and Noah Bailey. We are talking about their graphic novel, Double Walker, from Comicsology Originals. Uh, if you follow me or any of these gentlemen online, you definitely have heard of it. It is an amazing book. We go into the details of all that, and I rightfully compliment the heck out of them <laughs> for the work on the book in the show. We talked for a long time, about an hour and a half in the interview proper, and, you know, another hour and a half before and after the show just great dudes so cool to talk to them uh definitely a uh, a highlight of doing this show was talking to them and getting to know them a bit more and yeah really really awesome guys really awesome book and let's get to the interview michael w conrad and noah bailey all right so it's fair to say i've read a large number of comics this year since I've started reviewing them for the show, or recommending them for the show, I should say. And I can safely say none have fucked me up as much as this one. <laughs> but before I talk to you about Double Walker and the amazing art and the amazing story and just how much you fucked me up, <laughs> <laughs> Michael and Noah, I have to ask, Comics Coffee Metal, what are you digging right now?
2: Well, for me, for um, for comics... I'm going to say I've been reading a lot of old Archie superhero stuff and really enjoying it. I love the purity and how just strange and how much of a disregard it has for what's cool. And, and I don't know if that's because I'm reading it well after it, it's come out, uh, but I love these, these Archie superheroes so much. Uh, for coffee love uh, Farrah breakfast blend and for metal uh, it's I uh, it's gonna be a toss-up between um, pig destroyer for raw brutality and neurosis for just uh, something I can throw on pretty much anytime and feel pretty good about
1: um, for me I um comics i've been reading mort cinder which is unreal the artwork is absolutely incredible and it's just a really fun story and uh, i would highly recommend it and then uh for coffee it's just a an, uh, an americano very little water four shots of espresso and uh for music i i've just been listening to um The band X a lot, their album Los Los Angeles, and then uh, Stiff. a cool choice, man. Oh, dude, I've been so into it, and then uh, Stiff Little Fingers and uh, uh, Wire's album Pink Flag has been on on repeat. (laughs) You
2: would would never guess that Noah is the younger of this duo. (laughs) (laughs) Old ass band. Granted, my stuff isn't super current, but Noah has just got an old soul, and I'm, I love it.
0: Well, I, I've, I've made mention this plenty of times on the show. It's like, as much as... as learned as I try to be about metal and all the subgenres and all the bands, I always get suggestions or recommendations from guests that, like, I have never heard of this band before, or I've, you know, like, I've never heard of Wires. I don't... I don't you know, and so now I like. Okay, I gotta go look them up now. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, dude! Listen to uh, Wire, their album Pink Flag. It is. Oh my god, it's. I I love punk albums because you can get through them in like twenty to thirty minutes. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that this album has like 20, 22 songs on it or something like that, <laughs> and it's thirty five minutes long, and it's so fun the whole way through. It's I, it's one of my favorite albums ever. I think.
2: And what if- what a great selection! It's not. It's not metal. It's not going to scratch that metal itch.
0: Uh, but, I mean, come on.
1: We, we, <laughs> it's,
0: it's, that, that's the thing. Uh, you know, with the rise of, like, band camp and stuff like that, a lot of bands are doing EPs now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm absolutely loving it because there's bands where I may not be 100% with what they are in the beginning. The, the, the EP is, like, 20, 25 minutes. Like, that's... Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, you know, walking around, you know, picking out my produce and stuff like that. Like, I can do that. <laughs> like, just put it on. And then, you know, by the end of it, I'm a fan.
1: I, I, so,
0: I, I love that. And I,
2: I also, I appreciate that. Um, I love long form media, but I also actively seek. There's been a number of times where I've done that Google search, like 90 minute Criterion movies. Yeah, (laughs) find this tiny little list. Uh, But like, there's different. There's different seasons for different things. Sometimes Mm you be like immersed in this. You want to sit down and listen to Dope Smoker all the way through. Mm -hmm. Then other times you just. It's like I just want a banger. I just want to get get out. So yeah, sometimes you you just want a rumba. Yeah, I want a rumba. (laughs) I want want to listen to something while I'm on that, uh, that weird exercise bike that had those troubling commercials <laughs> back in. The- <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. It's, it's been, you know, something that's opened my eyes to a lot of, a lot more diversity with the metal I'm listening to and all that. And, you know, while I punk still seems to be something that I'm not, you know, haven't like gone full in on, uh, Listening to yet yeah, I'm I'm warming up to it. What are like more.
1: some of your favorite metal al- albums?
0: Like if oh. you had three favorites, three favorites. Okay, uh we're gonna go with Ride the Lightning, Metallica, oh. of course. Okay.
2: Great choice. Uh, I go with I go with the Injustice for all, but I'm not judging you.
0: I'm a, I'm you know I started off my musical journey playing bass, so legally I can't say Justice, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh. <laughs> but you know I, I i give it all respect metallic you know metallica is my all-time favorite band like regardless of their past output who cares
2: like, who cares you know whatever
0: but i mean Mars- I'm, even, I'm, even, I'm even i'm even a saint anger stan like you know i think there's some really good stuff on there i respect the fact that they just kind of like shit their pants and recorded it and <laughs> just like it? said here's here's what we did here's where we are right now this is what we're capable there- of
2: when that old wizard told them to delete it, they flew in the face of it, and they were like "No this is yeah. this is our truth, and I'm yes. into it, yeah, I think Metallica are pretty neat, other <laughs> than uh kind of like the scary potentiality of their politics, which i don't I know nothing about, and that's part of the that's and like power as a metal fan is yeah." being ignorant about the politics of the music that you like. Oh yeah. So much of it is, is just dirty, dirty, mm-hmm. dirty. And it's better if you don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, I know enough to know that I'm, you know, for the most part, I'm comfortable with listening to them still. So good. You know, I, I know, I know Kirk and Rob are definitely uh lefty, lefty, definitely lefty, definitely lefties. Oh, cool. Oh. That's when
1: When Lars sued Napster, <laughs> that was a huge turnoff for me.:
0: Yeah, I, I, and you know, there's the argument like, "Oh, well, in the end, he was right. It's like, well, here's the thing. <laughs> there's being right, and then there's being an asshole about being right." Totally. And, yeah. Um, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, they're mad about the music." No, what they were really pissed about was demos that they had of stuff was getting leaked online. Oh, and they I didn't want people to hear that. That's what they got pissed about. Because yeah. know like, mm. Metallica started with tape trading and stuff like that. That's not what they're talking about. Yeah. But that's yeah. that's the narrative that got that got you know once Napster good you know bad oh, good, yeah. you know got <laughs> got popular like it was it, it was done deal.
2: I always felt like they got painted as these corporate stooges during that time, and I don't I, think that I agree. Yeah. I don't. I don't <laughs> think that's.
0: Correct. Well, it didn't help. It was coming off of like, you know, Load and Reload and people were like, "Oh, they're selling out even though it's like really cuz they kind of like I I selling out would be doing the Black Album again. Like the Load <laughs> and Reload were not the Black Album. Like oh, sure, yeah. there were similarities or things like that. But they, they they did stuff on those albums where it's like in in what 94, 95, 96. Like that wasn't the stuff, you know the popular stuff, you know, but they were Metallica. So it still sold like, you know, 5 million albums. Yeah. But
2: they were, they were just following their truth. And you know. I, th- I think when you get into an artist, part of you has to get into their journey and you yeah. have to be into, Hey, not everything that they do is going to be exactly what I want them to do, but I'm still here for the journey and I'm still in support of them as creators. And I think that's like the goal that we all seek as people who create things is to to create that kind of trust with an audience and to to be like, hey, trust me that like even if this thing isn't perfectly made for you, that at a certain point in your life you will connect with it and you will understand <laughs> yeah. what, what what the intention was. And I think Metallica personifies this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: in a beautiful way where they've always been a uh, very genuine, very authentic, even in the face of being the biggest fucking band uh, of the genre that ever existed. And so for me, Metallica are, are, very special. And I love, I was there uh, on the front lines with that black album uh, watching it happen, being like, why are the jocks in my school suddenly getting into this shit that I've been into for years? Like I, I owned guilt, "Kill 'Em all. And in, in the previous albums. <clears throat> and so for me, it was very, it was interesting to see something that I loved become popularized and in turn, uh, a bunch of people that didn't really understand it, talking about it in a way that was pejorative. Yeah. It's like, oh, and now you're going to shit on it because it's not the same stuff that happened before. You clearly never listened to their previous albums. So I, yeah. I, I love, I love that you're into Metallica. I am too.
0: Yeah. They, they were my band. Like I watched live shit, binge and purge videos, like till the tapes wore down. I have, you know, I've yeah, I'm there. You know, I I don't listen to them as much just because it's in my head. And I already know it. Yeah. Um but yeah, I got in around the load reload era and then I went back and I fell in love with the thrash side and, and, and all that. So you know, so I think the ride is definitely it for me just because if I have to think like right now, what's an album if I have to put on a metallic album right now, the answer is always ride. Um second Uh, I would pick is uh, Magma by Gojira. Oh, okay, rad. I'm I'm a a relatively new convert to Gojira, but anyone who's who consistently listens to the show know I am a huge mark for them now. Uh, And much, much like Load Reload, Gojira uh, Magma's more. uh, It's definitely heavy, uh, but it's not you know a lot of the more deathy elements death metal, you know, real uh, screaming vocal stuff that was so prevalent in their earlier stuff is more refined. It's kind of like their Black album to me. Mm. But that allowed me to, like, get them, get there, and then go back and go back to, you know, their previous albums and develop uh, an ear for those styles and kind of open me up to more.
2: Oh, you're, you know, you're, such, you're such a good... This is the thing that creative people look for this is the thing that we try and foster is are people that are willing to go on the journey and to, and to experience it and to find their own values in it. Uh, so I, I love that you, that you've kind of couched this appreciation with a, with a bunch of niceties to kind of explain yourself to other people. But like we all know that like when you feel something, it's deeply personal, and that it needs no explanation.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like yeah. you know, you know that by liking something, you owe no one anything. You just mm-hmm. like that shit.
1: Yeah, that yes, shit yeah.
2: works for you. Well, and like I, you I know, that.
1: you know, I've been I've been also listening to some ABBA lately. And hey. Ab, ABBA is fantastic. I'm sorry. SOS. It's a great.
0: <laughs> I, I, I've I definitely sang the praises of, you know, not necessarily ABBA, but like, I'm like, there's even, you know, like I don't listen to any country whatever, but then, even then that's not entirely true. Cause I do enjoy Johnny cash. If like yeah. some of the more older outlawish country kind of stuff comes on, I'm totally. cool with that. Um, But aside from that, like most music pop, you know, I I love synth wave. I love synth pop. Uh, You know, I look forward to the next church's album just as much as I do the next. uh, Yeah,
1: I am too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think they're, they're fucking awesome. Do you, do you listen to any like, uh, like, like kind of somber indie rock at all? Uh,
0: I can't say I do, but that's probably you know, not necessarily be something I wouldn't be into. I think maybe just because
2: I no, just haven't
0: like, had, I haven't had the door opened to where no, I'm like, okay. Don
2: is, Don is into brutality, baby. Yeah.
0: You he know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm into brutality in all forms because <laughs> some, some of that like churches or Tegan and Sarah stuff, that can be pretty damn brutal.
1: <laughs> oh, Tegan, Tegan and Sarah there. What was that album? Um, The, uh, the plan. Is that what it was?
2: I don't know, that- but I do love that hit song, that hit single. I
1: was walking with a ghost. Mm-hmm. Oh, the con, the con. That's what it yeah. was. Okay, that but album.
2: I, is- let's talk about I was walking with a ghost. I don't
1: know that. I don't know that song. Oh, it's awesome. It's an awesome song.
2: Like this, I was walking with a ghost.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much how- all. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Ghost, dude. Oh, dude wait have, michael have you ever listened to any tegan and sarah at all
2: only i was walking with a ghost
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think dude you i think you would like some of the stuff on the con like uh yeah. like O, like h uh they have a, that, that album i bet is awesome. i would
0: i truly bet i would because i'm gonna have to make a note to like to tweet you some links to some of that stuff
1: Oh yeah.
2: Get after me because I love I was walking with
1: a ghost. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, so what's your
1: third third favorite?
0: Oh, this one's going to be a tough one. Um it's probably going to be a revolving door one, but if I had to pick right now, it'd probably be Night Wishes Dark Passion Play.
2: Ooh, doing a little gothy kind of
0: Yeah, cuz sure. that one I I I have to pick it just because um I was in a a a crappy point and I was uh, at a position in my job to where I could just have my headphones on all day. So this is back, you know, when Pandora was king of streaming. Yeah. Uh so you know, I'm like just trying to find something new to listen to. And I'm like, well, I kinda like some Evanescence songs. Let me put Evanescence as the the go to. And then I started hearing some stuff, and I'm like, This sounds really good, but it's definitely not them. And looking, it's like this band called Nightwish. I'm like, oh Okay, and then you know I noticed like a bunch of these songs I was just really enjoying and and, and uh, loving was just all from this album Dark Passion Play. Oh, okay. so you know it's it's one of their more accessible albums. It's with their second vocalist uh, Annette, who is much more of the less operatic, more you know rock female rock kind of, of voice. And the songs are shorter, the more catchy, the the riffs and the, they're more groove based and stuff like that. So if I was, you know, to like give someone who I know is like more on the pop side or more on like the groovy rock side a, album to check out from them, that's the one I would start with because mm-hmm. um, they've, you know, like all the bands I've mentioned already, they've grown and they've like changed almost drastically at some points to, you know, being like really gothic and all that to being more folky and more, uh, just, I guess, uh, I don't want to say progish, just more, yeah, just more folky with the the metal stylings they are doing now, recently and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, I I would pick that one.
2: I think that predilection on your part to like these chameleon bands, these band, it's not even chameleon. Like, I've always felt like it's a little bit, um, it's almost dismissive of David Bowie to be like, oh, he like changed his identity and blah, blah, blah. And sure, he took on different nom de plumes and everything. But it was always the same person. You know, it was, we're seeing a lifetime happen. And similarly with Metallica and with Nightwish and with these bands that you're naming that have changed a lot. It's like, how can you expect them to be doing the same shit after 20 or 30 years? You would hope that there was some development. You would hope Mm -hmm. there was growth. You would hope to hear that life story portrayed within song. So I, I really like that you're seeing, and I see that in comics as well. I see it uh, when when an artist will <clears throat> alter their style over the course of years. I, d- I never see this as a jumping off point. I see it as, oh, here's a really interesting uh, moment. Here's a moment to care about. Here's a moment to to observe and to take note on. So I I really love that your choices are by and large, uh, with these creators that weren't afraid to change and weren't afraid to, um, I hazard to say, be their truth, true selves because they're involved with these big, um, with these big like music companies, but, I believe it. You know, I choose to believe it. I choose to believe that they're following their own path and that that is their truth. So great choices.
0: Well, I I appreciate that. And there's probably a ton of truth and underlying, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, personality stuff behind my choices in, uh, in preferred artists and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe, you know, I can definitely say it's probably in. Uh, been a subconscious influence on myself in how I want to approach making my own comics. Like I don't want to, you know, just you know, if I do a superhero story, like the next story I, I might do might be, you know, two people sitting at a table talking for twelve pages or something like that. Like, right. I don't, I don't necessarily want to s- stay beholden to one thing just because that's what's expected. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the. That's,
2: I mean... Man, that's creator's goals right there. Like that's what we're all shooting for. And I think with double Walker, that was particularly like part of the statement that we were trying to make, um, was that if people had read tremor dose, they, they might've got lulled into this sense of in tremor dose, our, our previous graphic novel, uh, No one was harmed. (laughs) Like, go back and reread it. Like, everything's pretty safe and everything's pretty sound. But it was marketed as a horror book. And Noah and I had never really, like, come up with, like, a genre uh, identity for the book. Uh, We think it was marketed as horror because Noah draws things in kind of a scary, realistic way. And when people see realism, it's terrifying. Uh, (laughs) But also, like, we asked that it would be released on Halloween. And that was just because we liked Halloween. We were happy to be part of the festivities. But it, it wasn't a horror. With Double Walker... We said Noah and I had conversations, being like, "Well, if they're gonna market uh, the work that we do as horror, like let's give them something, let's give them something nasty." Yeah, and I knew that Noah is well equipped to be nasty,
0: so it's like <laughs> that, that's <laughs> putting it lightly. Um, <laughs> now, I had met Noah a couple years back. We had both uh, contributed. Pieces to the the thing 30th anniversary art book. Oh, by you're in Blood. That
2: too, Don? Yeah. Come on.
0: and then you know our buddy uh, Jonathan Lamancia Lamont, uh, Lamantia. He, <laughs> he won't tell me how it's properly pronounced because he says he can't do it himself. <laughs> so, but we all know we all know uh, John.
2: Uh, Sick artist. From, from yeah, his, he's his,
0: is. yeah, I'm, I'm, he's awesome. I just
2: saw I just saw a commission he did of Dead Man earlier today, and I was blown away by it.
0: Yeah, he's, he's super amazing and just, just the nicest guy. Um, Absolutely. So we had met because he'd organized a Chicago area signing for a bunch of the creators who happened to be in the area. So, you know, that was uh, a fun night. We mostly just, I think, just traded prints with each other. <laughs> I don't think there was a huge uh, turnout, which, uh, which fine. There, it was, it was it fine.
1: Yeah.
0: It,
2: it, it doesn't matter how big yeah. you your shit is. Like, you realize that assigning that they like we're dealing with niche communities. Mm -hmm. And so like any type of weird consideration that we have for the audience needs to go out the goddamn window. We need to stop being concerned about making other people happy because the other people that may or may not become happy aren't going to show up for you anyway. So you have to follow your own heart. You have to follow your own guts.
1: Well, and you know, something I noticed at that signing was that the, the people that did show up, there's such a, there's like this odd kind of, um, like imbalance there where, because you're sitting behind a table, they kind of, uh, they're nervous to approach you and you're and like, there's this longing on both sides to have this conversation. And, um, you're both nervous. I mean, I felt incredibly nervous. I don't, I don't really, I felt very vulnerable, you know? And, yeah. um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, It. I wish that there was an easy way to break that because I always felt that way as a kid going to artist alley and seeing, you know, one of my heroes and being like, man, I wish I could just say what I want to say to this person, you know? But, um, yeah, that's such an uncomfortable thing. <laughs>
2: I think when you think about what it really is, which is, Oh, there's a plywood table separating mm-hmm. me from like, that's the great metric of success. Yeah. As you get to sit on that side. <laughs> you realize this is fucking bullshit. Harsh. Yeah. <laughs> you realize it from both ends of it because in every creative career will come the time where you're on one end of it and across this, the side across the table is going to be someone you admire And then you're going to be on the other side of it. No no matter how it looks or feels, whether that one person that comes up, they feel that inequity. They feel, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm on this side of the table. I'm on the wrong side of the table. And you know on the other side of it, man, I just want to get the fuck out of here. (laughs) I I don't feel good. I just want to, like if i can make somebody happy fuck yeah that's great but like realistically speaking
0: it's bad for everybody
2: yeah
1: yeah, yeah.
0: i mean just- i was yeah i was very bad with it like terribly like flop sweat bad with with meeting people and all that and you know i had to basically do immersive therapy for myself and just mm-hmm. you know there was a few C2E2s where I would just, I would go in on, before I was tabling or whatever, I would get the, I would, you know, snag the Pro Pass or whatever, because I did like one book and they were giving them away the candy. And I would go on the Monday and I would just try to say hello to as many people as I could and just kind of like get over it.
2: Mix and mingle. And, and yeah, and then, yeah. I, lo- I love that you're saying get over it because that's a big part of it. It's not some nefarious. Hey, I'm going to go, like, fucking make some connects. It's I'm trying to get over my own anxiety, bud. I'm, yeah. I'm out there trying and to, like, live.
0: If, if I could yeah. impart anything that would remotely resemble advice here, it's that, you know, if you're meeting somebody, if you're listening to this and you're a fan and you're, like, going to meet somebody and you're really nervous, we're all just sacks of meat, just super anxious all the time anyway. Like, yeah. we're, there's no difference other than, you know, Most of us paid four hundred dollars to be there behind that table, (laughs) and and you paid like you know uh, fifty to seventy five to be there for the weekend. You know (laughs) that's that's the biggest difference. That's the biggest difference between us.
1: (laughs) There are there are a few artists that I've seen that are just incredible at making people feel comfortable. Yes, and um, David Mack is is the nicest dude ever, and he's it's it's like meeting an old friend, and then uh, Jeff Darrow. And,
0: That's uh, mine. You still want?
2: Yeah. Oh my Darrow, god! Jeff Terrell. Oh, yeah,
0: he's legendary. <laughs> he's a oh, sweetheart. Love him. Uh, formative book
2: was hard boiled for me, yeah. but also like, so I met him, and he was eating a cinnabon, and I was so rude, <laughs> and I rolled up, and I was like, "Hey, I'd love a love you to sign my copy of Shaolin Cowboy," and he had prints, and his prints were like. 15 bucks or something. So of course I was like, yeah, I'd I'd love a print. And he said, would you like me to like sign it? And I said, sure. He turned the thing over and drew an incredible (laughs) giant pig on it. (laughs) Like on the backside of a print, he drew a giant pig with like nipple rings and all kinds of shit going on. Uh, (laughs) And this is while he's eating a Cinnabon and he's just drawing it freehand with like a micron zero five and doing an immaculate, immaculate job with it. He then he takes it, grabs some butcher paper, rolls it up perfectly, ties it with a little bit of yarn or something like cuts off the uh, he did it like completely French style uh, hands it to me, and I I could have kissed him. The whole time he was telling us stories about you know hanging out with Mobius in France and all this stuff that I would pay money to see him talk about in a documentary. He was giving us free of charge. Uh, well, not free. I mean, it was for the for a print. It was for a fucking fifteen dollar print. He was being uh just a great guy. Yeah. And I realized, like, okay, you can have, like, alien, metahuman skills and still be just grounded, down-to-earth, cool, friendly. Uh, Jeff Darrow, what a great poll,
1: Noah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, And then... Oh, yeah. sorry. No, 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 no.
0: Uh, I just... About Jeff Darrow's like one of the funniest things. Every con that I, I'm at that he that he's there, I always overhear someone say, J- "Just just just there's nobody by Jeff Darrow's table, go 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 go." Like, just oh, because, because yeah. I think he, you know, I, I may be wrong in this, but I think he doesn't do a ton of stuff like outside of the table. Like he's at the table for hours and hours and hours. It's not like oh, I'm here for an hour, so there's a line to come see me and all that. Just like he's there, and I, I know there's always like i think there they're, uh there's more um policing of it now but i recall there being a lot of like mad dashes people trying to go to his table at the end to like rip off the <laughs> whatever he was doodling on, 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 oh, the, uh, on the, the table tablecloth. yeah, oh, yeah. I, i've been totally. there for that i was at emerald city i think yeah so I, I, think, I i think they've they've managed to i think they've uh found some I may be remembering this correctly, but I think they found some way to make that uh, a thing. So <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're like, yeah, Jeff, every time
2: you got to take that with you, man, You're sure. right.
1: every, time. <laughs> every time I've ever seen him, he's sitting there drawing with his daughter next to him and he's always got some kind of food sitting there and he's just, he's just friendly as hell. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, he's just a really good dude. And you know, um, when I was, like, I think I was 15, I went to a Comic-Con in Chicago. I don't remember which one it is. It might have been C2E2. And uh, I I had, I think, $100 in my pocket, and I, I had just started collecting comic book art. And he I saw this page of his that was in there, and I kept coming back to the table, and I think it was, like, $200. 50 bucks and uh it was a a shaolin cowboy piece and i kept looking at it and he and uh he was talking to me and he goes how much he he was like are you interested in buying that and i was like yeah but i i don't have the money for it and he was like well how much money do you have and i was like i've got less than half of that and he was like well are you gonna have money to take the bus home after this you know and i was like oh yeah, I'll, I'll be fine. And he was like, "Well, that that'll be good then." You know, <laughs> and he gave it to me for a hundred bucks, wow. and uh it was like one of the the kindest things ever. And uh yeah, he's he's just a gem.
2: And and then Noah, a year later, went on. He no. went on eBay and he <laughs> sold it for seven hundred bucks. It was a good come up. Yeah. No.
1: No, that is. No, that's not what happened.
2: (laughs) Take advantage Uh, of a man's kindness, you know, and just uh, a journeyman (laughs) in the field showing some
1: pity for a child. No, I do. Okay, so this is actually. uh, uh, (laughs) I think when I was 20, there was a piece of uh, Bill Sinkovich Big Numbers artwork from issue three. And. I asked the, the person who owned it if they would sell it. And he was like, I'm interested in your, uh, in your Shaolin cowboy piece. If you want to make a trade. And I traded it. Oh, God, oh. I still, I, I still regret it, but I got to say, I, I don't know. I, I, it was, it's, I, I don't know. I need to buy another, uh, you know,
0: Jeff Darrow was so into listening to this podcast until about like 10 seconds ago. <laughs> And then he like, do oh, threw think- do down his his iPod or his iPhone or whatever he's listening to this on. It's just like fucking Noah. I knew like, it. Uh, he, uh, yeah.
2: he fucking slung it for Bill and dude. Well, fuck oh, you. No, it, you know. It's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you know. I think um... yeah, I think he'd be down. I think he's like. <clears throat> I think that's the way that art handling can be done. Is like, hey, like you, you want to love on this. You want to, you want to feature this prominently in your home. Like, make sure that it ends up in that good home. Make sure that it ends up with, with someone that's feeling passionate about it. I don't think there's any sin there. I think that's beautiful. I think, I think that whole thing played out in a way that Darrow would smile upon. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know, at, at you know, speaking from the artist's perspective, if that were, if someone were to, to tell me, like, oh yeah, that piece I got from you, I got this other thing, and you know, it it, it would hard be hard be hard for me to be like, like, oh no, you made the wrong move, because you know, as artists, we devalue our own work mentally anyway. But it's yeah. also like, no, I would do the same thing. <laughs> oh, well, gonna you know, issue, i, I would have did that too yeah it's fine <laughs> it was the
1: first piece from big numbers that was even remotely in my price range and it was like i was looking at it and i was like okay this issue was never published and this is like a piece of comic book history right here and if i don't get this i'll never have a piece of that you know and uh yeah i still do i do i do kind of regret it though just because i like that memory was, is so special. A, yeah, you've you know?
0: got an emotional connect now, but you have the but you have the story and you have the memory that didn't get traded away. So,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a I'm a Jeff Darrow fan for life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, you know, going back to when I first met Noah, though, like you mentioned, Michael, how Noah can draw realistic and how, you know, it can be, you know. Unsettling, and disturbing when it you know realistic is depicted in terrible things, and you know from the the print he did for the thing, which was, was like a simple three panel, you know, uh, Palmer's transformation into the thing. It was so like perfectly jarring. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> Thank and, you. It was almost elegant in how like just oh, in those three goodness. panels, it's just like like just captures. Everything you need. And also, you know, you um, I forget which language you used for the... uh, Norwegian? Norwegian. Norwegian? Norwegian? Yeah, you you did it in Norwegian uh, for all that. And it's just like, that's just like, I think, I know me and a couple other guys were also like, fuck, I wish I thought of that one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: dude, I can't even tell you. I took a month. I have a sketchbook full of concepts for that. Uh, And there were three that I almost took to like a finished piece. And, um, I was thinking, I was looking at all of the, I watched the movie probably 10 times and I was like, okay, I need to do something that is not like, I need to pick a color scheme. That's really weird for, for the thing. Like everyone's going to do blue and you know, any, anything that occurred to me right away, I was like, no, that's out. Cause I don't want to be, I don't want to be repeating things, you know? And, uh, finally I started like getting really into, uh, like late, uh eighteenth century uh German illustration like political illustrations and uh I found a color scheme that I loved and uh I just kind of based it off of that i tried to do it in that style kind of
0: yeah it's interesting to hear because uh, I found out about the the lead time you had up for it and just kind of hem and hung it'cause I found out about it from Kelly Williams and oh it, wow it was like due from like it was due like I think it was when it was already past due. But there's still, like, you know, we need, you know, there's still time if you want to get in or whatever. And I had, like, zero time to, to plan mine. So I was like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? do? So, you know, it was one of my favorite movies growing up. And so I had this old piece of Bristol board that I bought from a comic shop, like, in 1993 or 94, when they would sell the packs in comic shops. Oh, yeah, that's the awesome. The preline line stuff. It's, it's already yellowed. It's shit paper or whatever. But I'm like... I I just pulled it out because I, you know, had never used that particular paper. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this on this. What am I going to do? So (laughs) it was such a seat of the pants thing. And I kept expecting them to be like, no, you're not. We're not going to take this one. But, uh, yeah, just yours was awesome. Uh, John Lamont's was awesome. And like,
1: oh, yours was fantastic, dude. I think we sat. We we sat next to each other.
0: Yeah, I think if I recall correctly, I think you were on my left, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and, that sounds I think, right. Um, why am I why am I spacing on his name? I see his stuff on Instagram all the time. Uh, Will, Adam
1: Augustin. Oh yeah, Will. Will was yeah. He was right
0: by us. Yeah, yeah, and I think his yeah because his wife stopped by with with their with their daughter and all that and uh, adorable. Yeah. Uh. So yeah.
2: And that was in uh, printed in blood.
0: Yeah, printed in blood. It, you know, and the funny thing it's was funny. I, now they're doing a new book,
2: um, and I I can't wait to see you both in it. It's a like a Bernie Wrightson book, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 trying to dig myself out of this deadline. How I put myself in so I can do something for that because I am. Um, s- <sighs> did you do something for the Del Toro book, Noah? I did, but you know, I there's the um, whole thing get- with that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I
1: just – I, I kind of withdrew because I was yeah. like, you know, I did this fucking uh, – I don't know when that was, four years ago now? And yeah. I'm like, you know, when this comes out in six years, it's going to – I'm going to hate it. So I'm just going to withdraw and put it on the internet, you know? But, um, I mean, I don't blame them for that at all. No, I, this I to- was
0: totally – you know, they've been as probably more open than they probably should have been with – some of the issues with that and all that. So I don't blame them at all. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I think what happened was uh, they started off with a bang with the thing, and then they got some of the license deals, and those were successful from from what I've been able to gather. But, you know, it kind of, like, slowed them down considerably because you have all these approvals to make and all these things, Mm -hmm. as opposed to just, like, blanket... Gold. The big
2: thing is gonna is always gonna be likenesses.
0: Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Little, that's a huge.
2: Tip the motherfuckers out there, <clears throat> trying to get like a poster deal. Try and create a poster for a cool movie that doesn't feature the principal actors.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Try and just capture that tone. <clears throat> One of my favorite prints is is a fly print. And I'm not even sure who did it, <clears throat> but it's just a hand with a fly like on the tip of a finger. And it's like, that's
1: what I'm showing up for, baby. Is that the one you have on your wall?
2: Yeah, you know the one.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's fucking awesome. <clears throat> or that that sorcerer one you have, too. It's There's so- a
2: sorcerer one. They're both done by the same dude. I can't remember his goddamn name. He lived in town. He moved out. It's great shit though. Either way, uh when you when you're making a poster for a movie as a fan and you wanna you wanna explore potentially doing it on the up and up, you gotta avoid these likenesses. The well, likenesses they're always gonna be the holdup.
1: Another thing about likenesses is um actually so if you're doing portraiture, you cannot use image, like a direct images. You know, a lot of people want to trace, uh, like a, like a promotional photo or, you know, if they, if they find a photo of an actor or actress online and they go, Oh, I'll just trace this, you know, you, you'll get sued so fast yeah. <laughs> or, you know, you'll get a cease and desist. Really? Yeah. Yeah. By the photographer. Yeah. Cause it's a, the image is actually owned by someone. So, but that's one of the most fun things that I, I love doing that where I'll take 10 photos of someone and compile them, you know? And that's, that's always, I have, I have so much fun doing that.
2: You get an idea, you get, you get the vibe, you you, you capture the entirety of, of not someone's being, but of, of their, how they present. And Mm -hmm. you try and Mm -hmm. do that. Absolutely. The tracing is always kind of, fucking boring and always easily exposed Yeah, yeah. There's, oh, there's somebody yeah. with a google image search ready on standby
1: totally yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah it doesn't pay to take shortcuts in the long run
0: <laughs> no no. I uh, DM'd the thing in pan's labyrinth when I did so you guys have a reference for that but it's... oh I
1: didn't see the pan's one did. I, I,
0: got I, didn't, I don't think I saw yours so if you <laughs> uh, I, I did
1: a I did a Kronos poster. Okay. I'll send it to you.
0: Yeah, um, but yeah, those you know, those were a lot of fun to do. And I'm looking forward to doing the Wrightson one just because, I mean, he drew some cool ass shit, <laughs> and be fun just to draw some cool monsters fighting. Oh yeah, His,
1: what was that Spider-Man comic he did? I remember my dad got that for me when I was oh, a give kid. Give away
2: your cool ideas, bud.
1: <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Everyone Fuck else that. is going to
2: be trying to do Frankenstein's monster. Oh yeah. yeah. You'll be no, over right. there with some superhero shit. Oh but, yeah, right. <laughs> and like everyone, everyone wanted Noah know to do. Frankenstein's.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, um, we're I'm getting to the point where I definitely want to talk to you guys about Double Walker, but we also have some Twitter questions, so I think this is a good point to bring up some of these. Um, our first one is from John Westoff. Uh, at anti drummer on twitter coffee comics metal which is more vital in your creative process oh that's
2: that's I, like i don't think anything is vital in my creative process other than like me getting up and doing it but i drink coffee every day so and I don't listen to metal every day. I don't read comics every day. I think about comics every day. Um, but I I, I gotta go with coffee. <laughs> like it sounds so.
0: I have, I have a feeling that 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 seems to be. If I had to answer that question myself, it would be it would be coffee because like, it's, that's, that's, the the, juice. that's That's basic B, right?
1: Yeah. Like you know, I think as like okay, so I'm just gonna go based on the word creative like so I mean I'm constantly flipping through comics like I'm surrounded by them so um, I gotta go comics because like I've got two big ass Alex Toth books next to me some Charles Adams books some Jacques Tardy I'm just flipping through these I have them open to different pages all over that's, the fucking that's place that's
2: so sick because I know that Noah is like me and he gets up and he gets a brew going
1: yeah oh yeah I literally I'm brew. subhuman before coffee Best five o'clock, baby, well <laughs> <laughs> we going for it, oh yeah, coffee lately, I've been limiting myself to just my four shots in the a m but typically i put <laughs> I put a pot on every time I finish one, you know, all the way until I go to bed,, oh, so uh, needless it. to say, I have a headache right now, <laughs> <laughs> Well,
0: it's a good thing you're on a podcast listening to two people talk so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, at least you both have really soothing voices.
0: Oh. I could I could fall asleep.
2: Why do you find this soothing, Noah?
0: <laughs> so, Noah, when you were planning the layouts for the walker. <laughs> uh, I love it. Welcome to Comics Coffee Model ASMR. Here we go. I'm going to open up a thing and then I'm going to scratch my nails across this do thing. Some, uh, do some uh, flutter fingers. <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, oh boy um if i thought that would make money i'd do it anyway uh <laughs> i think he got it i think he, i think to I mean, do, do a second version just just asmr um, really oh yeah
2: you on that uh patreon baby I got
0: you. <laughs> uh, this is a very special episode <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um okay we have some more questions but they uh unfortunately uh for noah are michael centric <laughs> which i guess happens when you're writing a, a right. I, can,
2: I, can, I can rapid fire these <laughs> all right let's go
0: let's go uh from ariel b at the ariel b on twitter when it comes to batgirls are they go all going by batgirl or is it batgirls the name of the team with individual members having their own names i hope that made sense I hope so too, since I screwed that up. Uh, <laughs> also, any chance of Sigurd sticking around long term?
2: All right, Ariel. Uh, I love your writing. I know. I know who Ariel is. She's a comics reviewer.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Been been cool to me. Uh, with Batgirls, uh, we aren't planning on giving them any wacky ass names. These are these are just the Batgirls. Uh, we'll see what the future holds as far as uh Sigurd or or uh, Siegfried or whatever name you want to call him uh he's a fixture in the d c u now he's gonna be around forever and no one can ever stop him and no one can take him away and i and I say this as somebody who is one half of the writing team that has brought him to the DCU. Uh, and we feel the same way about him. He's, he's going to be around forever.
0: He cannot be stopped. <laughs> All right. Next question is from at bat Evra. Hi, two questions. Is there anything you can reveal about the midnight annual to us, or is there something we should be anticipating? And what was the best part about writing Midnighter? Like his enhancements, oh. what he's got going on with Andre, etc.
2: Oh, the annual is going to be everything that you've been seeing in the passenger backups and action comics only turned up to a wild degree because it's not in action comics and with the stuff that we we're doing there, it was with consideration to the broad audience that action has. <clears throat> so in doing something that is strictly midnighter, um the like the legal teams are less <laughs> they're less there for it. They made us <laughs> just just yesterday I found out we had a scene where um, Apollo is like bare assed in, in, <laughs> in a moment and they said no, we couldn't do that but everything else they've let fly so I, I think the finale in the in the Midnighter annual is going to be pretty nuts and yeah I'm about it
0: what was the second part of that question what was question? the best part about writing Midnighter
2: oh the best part about writing Midnighter I think is um, you're writing about somebody whose empathy is kind of either non-existent, whether it's dried up or been chewed up by other elements, or um, has shown up in other forms. Uh, And I find that really interesting because I'm deeply empathetic. I'm to a painful degree. I will torture myself over even the slightest harm that I do to anyone else. So to be able to write a character that isn't encumbered in that way and to write about the, the ramifications of living in that, in that kind of mindset and how we
0: reconcile that as
2: moral beings. Uh, that's been deeply interesting to
0: me. Okay. At Ilith 98 says, asks, what did you read to prepare to write Batgirls of each of the three characters? Everything,
2: every damn thing. <laughs> I'm not, and if you want to think I'm playing, I'll send you uh, the bill for all these comics that I bought. These things <laughs> aren't provided to me by the good people at DC comics. I got an email at a wildly late hour because our editor is in on the West coast. I'm in central <clears throat> and the email said, Hey, would y'all be interested in potentially writing back And I said to myself, fuck yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, this is awesome. Uh, and the very next day I went to the comic shop and, Anything that featured Cassandra Babs or Stephanie, I bought. Anything that I hadn't read, anything that I that jumped out at me. <clears throat> so I read everything. I know everything that you know. I know it all through and through. I've seen everything.
0: There you go. At <laughs> uh, Larvy says, "Ask." I want to says. What can Barbara's fans expect from this new phase you almost didn't talk about her until now I'm curious
2: that's a great question uh, Barbara's fans can expect uh, perhaps to be challenged a bit because Barbara is being challenged by your circumstance she is um, she's gonna find herself responsible for two other very young women, and she's going to be expected to be the mature one. And as we can all kind of reflect on, uh, she's of a of an age where maturity doesn't come naturally. It's not as if you're like picking a plum from a tree. It's it's going to be something that she's going to have to step up to uh whether she's prepared for it or not is neither here nor there but that is her charge and that's going to be a big part of what bad girls is all about and it's going to be a big part of what your life is all about uh because i suspect that your youth won't last
0: all right and the last one from at baringkuas you once said you were inspired by Verhoeven in writing Midnighter. Does that mean we get a twist slash not so good ending for him and Apollo and anything you can spill about how it ties for their future in the new authority team? Yeah. Um, I'll say this grant in
2: grant Morrison is a hero of mine. So knowing that uh, we were writing things that were leading into him uh, taking charge of Midnighter and Apollo uh, was was intimidating, but we were never met with with critique or anything like that. It was always really cool. It, so I'll say this much: with the close of Midnighter, yes, you're going to be met with a twist and i say this knowing that you will not predict the twist <laughs> i say this knowing that it's okay for me to say it's not going to end how you expect because hopefully uh, nothing that i do will end how you expect because goddamn it i'm a storyteller and, and like part of my job is to is to give you something that you weren't um that you that you didn't see coming or sometimes things that you don't even want to have happen. Um, My job is to make you feel something. If that thing is, is you being like, man, fuck that guy. You fucked it all up or, Hey, thank goodness this happened is neither here nor there for me. The main thing that I want is for you to feel something and for you to um, feel inspired by, to feel inspired to potentially keep checking out this character or to um, maybe sit at home with a pen and a pad and write your own Midnighter story that ends the way that you want it to (laughs) end. Do some fan fiction or something.
0: I predict Get the. I and mean, I predict the twist will be the I'll end up at a beach that makes them old. And there we go.
2: That's
0: it. You, <laughs> you just did it. You just spoiled it for everyone. Uh, all right. So thank you, Twitter, for the questions. Um, now, when we first started the show, I had mentioned how much Double Walker messed with me, and it in in the best ways because you know we all want to find that art. You know that 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 stuff we enjoy, and we we read, that just you know connects with us, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's you know a, a, a little jarring at times and things like that. Um, and one of the highlights, obviously, it's it's, it's a great story, amazingly written. Um, Noah's art just takes it to a, an insane level. Um. The, the thing that I think just really drew me in was the, the softness of Noah's rendering. It, it it kind of, even though I, you know, had an expectation of what I was getting into just the earlier scenes where things are, are calm and quiet and, you know, relaxed. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> it really set the stage to like, give you that, that, that false sense of security. Cause then when things start going downhill uh, it you know it just made all that stuff more you know the the creepy stuff more creepy the the uh, the jarring things more jarring and there's some definitely uh, some artistic things you've done in here that I've when I saw it because I I read through the I read through it once and then I was going through it again earlier just to you know re, re uh, up anything that I was experiencing and there's some layouts here where uh, characters talking in the bar and like the entire panel is black and it just feeds into their hair, which is, you know, you, you do the thing that I like to do where it's the black hair is black. (laughs) There's no, there's no, uh, there's no shining to it or, or, you know, uh, real shading to it at all. And just the decision to, to do that, you know, was this like, Oh fuck, that's such a good idea. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, I got that I I got that idea from the movie Faust um F W Murnau. Um there's this there's this great sequence where Mephistopheles shows up and um all of a sudden this large crowd disperses and all of the lights go out and uh in the background there are just lanterns going off into the distance and that's it's just pure black and these lanterns. So immediately in that bar scene I, I wanted to capture that, like uh, you know, like uh, I don't know. I just love the imagery of that, but also kind of that quality of like an otherworldliness. Like, okay, these lanterns are are in the background, and it's just surrounded by black, you know. And uh, yeah, that was just I don't know. I love I I loved uh, that was a lot of fun to do.
0: <laughs> well, no, it, it was in- incredibly effective, and I'm just you know and just the the choice of just you know some of the silhouettes cuz i think uh and i may be wrong in this uh it might just be my own uh view or experience but i think people have kind of drawn away from doing silhouettes mm-hmm. uh absolutely mainly because you know i've seen some ill-informed uh responses to them kind of like oh it's it's easy to do it's 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 harder to do a silhouette than it is to do a rendered panel like, oh,
1: sometimes, yeah, absolutely you, know, sure, sure, you know, know.
0: if it's like a if it's like a hand or something like sure, fine, but if you're like trying to convey any type of body language or anything like that, it's like, no, you gotta nail this thing, otherwise you just look like trash, um <laughs> oh
1: totally, yeah, there you know,
2: I remember in the script saying, "Hey, no,ah make sure that you reference Faust by f w <laughs> <laughs> okay, my, <laughs> no I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, Noah made <laughs> brilliant choices, <clears throat> giants giant striding leaps um that I think don't give a shit about if people like silhouettes or like this or like like that's part of the charm of Noah is he's he's not ignorant of world perception. He just doesn't give a shit. He's going to do what's right for the script. And that's one of the things that I love about Noah and I trust about him is that he's going to, when he gets the script, he's going to run it through his weirdo filter. He'll find the F.W. Murnau's of the world, draw inspiration, and then refine it through his beautiful hand onto the page. So, oh, man, it's, it's- I love this. I love this talk about silhouettes being in or out. Uh, this is never a discussion that Noah and I will ever have. We've never talked about like, what works or what doesn't, other than does this page work?
1: Does yeah, page yeah.
2: Work. Does this characterization work? Is this totally. consistent?
0: Um, if it wasn't apparent already, by. You know the discussion we've been having so far. The relationship you guys have is very strong, and it's the you. know, You bring up trust, and that's something that is very apparent with the with the book as well. Because there's plenty of times where you know the art is doing the 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 lifting of the scene where you know there's no there's no word balloons there's no panels. You know it's this thing, it is complete you know and well founded trust in Noah nailing what needs to be conveyed visually and no words being put forth. Was that some you know, in the development of the script and the plot and all that, how much of a back and forth was between you two or was it kind of um
2: oh, no one I communicate on the regular uh we're we're brothers, you know? We get like yeah. it doesn't matter if I'm working on a project or not. Uh, I got to talk to my boy, like got to make sure that everything's good. Mm -hmm. When we're working on a project together, it's almost like we both get this uh, kind of damaged laser focus on the goal. And how it works is uh, the initial concept will come up in conversation and we'll beat it into the ground talking and then we both retreat to our own little holes and we do our thing. Um, but in the process of creating Double Walker, there was a lot of conversation with Noah, uh, not always about the story, but uh, sometimes it was, it, it would just be me being like, what do you feel like drawing for the next year? You yeah. know, what do you, <laughs> where do you want to be? Where do you want your head at?
1: Well, and you know, I think for me, um, being in bands when I was younger and, uh, I have a, I have a partner in music and we have a very similar working relationship that Michael and I have in that, uh, we both want to allow each other to be fully ourselves and achieve our own individual goals within the work that we are uh, doing together. So like for me, I want to offer if I can like I, I like to send him uh music or movies and you know to kind of like get his mind space like oh, okay this if this is the, if this is any help as to you know where i want to go with the uh with the imagery um I, I i love doing things like that much more than actually giving him input on the the direct narrative or anything you know similarly when noah turns in a page uh
2: for the most part, I can think of very few exceptions. <clears throat> That's how the page is, you know. Whether it's gone off script, whether it's um, in line or out of line with with concepts that I've got. I'm part of a collaboration with a with an artist who is kind enough to spend more time on the page than I've had to. Who's kind enough to um pour a shitload of research and heartbreak and that, and all that good stuff <laughs> into a page. So for me, uh I mean it's oh no, am I still here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I like my finger hit oh, a button. Um Yeah, okay. so uh with with Noah I just know I always feel comfortable with what he's gonna do. Always, I've I've never had a moment where I've questioned, and or we're just so much alike. Where I'm yeah. so lucky to have found somebody like Noah, who has the same kind of fears, the same type of neurotic tendencies, the same type of anxiety, the same type of aspirations. So for us to be able to kind of link up our stuff together and and move forward, uh, it's really a dream scenario. I'm quite, Absolutely. I'm so lucky to know Noah. And for all the cool stuff that happens to us, to be able to share it with, with a friend and somebody that I love, um, that's really uncommon in any industry. Forget about a creative industry.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think even in like in any friendship, you know, I mean, it's like, it's very rare to meet someone and uh, have like a substantial understanding of each other on a, on a deeper level. And I think, you know, we've had those late nights and we've had those deep talks for fucking hours upon hours. And we, I don't know. I, yeah, I feel incredibly blessed to be, to be working with you and to be, your friend. And, uh, I think you're just a fucking remarkable person. And, uh, you know, I I also, I love, like you just sent me a script recently for, for an eight page story that we're doing and I read it and (laughs) I love when I'm reading and there's a panel description that, that you're, that you wrote to make me laugh. And, uh, but it's, you know, it's, but, uh, (laughs) oh god it just fucking i like it's an experience when i'm reading a script i i'm like god damn first of all it fucking shook me i was like sh- like shaken at the end of it because it was genius and uh they're like uh I, I wish i could talk more about it but uh i just love that you trust me in that way and i trust you in that way and it's like really fucking it's it's great I, 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 this is how i want it to be always
2: that, that counts a lot. And I think that with reference to like writing, like I, I know what I'm doing when I'm like writing a thing for Noah. Like when I write a little joke in there, that's for Noah. I think that's a, a good note maybe for anybody that wants to write for somebody else is like really get to know your collaborator and Noah does this with his art. He'll sneak in little things and and later I'll be like, Holy shit, like in Tremordose, our previous graphic novel, he tucked in a, a clown from a Twilight Zone episode <laughs> mm-hmm. I was a big Twilight Zone fan. And it, with all the rush of like, oh we gotta get this book done and this and that and we got the next thing coming and blah blah blah. It was only like kind of after the fact. The book comes out, it does really well. It's a bestseller for comicsology. Like we're happy. Everyone's shaking hands. And then that sparkle fades very quickly because it's like your comic came out, you talk about it a bunch, and then and then all of a sudden it's like what's next? And it's like, Well, it takes us like a goddamn year to make
1: <laughs> these Yeah, yeah.
2: Um so for a while after, it was like, oh, god damn, that's the clown from uh,
1: Five characters, characters in Search, in search
2: of an escape. <laughs> And to have that moment with Noah where it's like, dude, you you like gave me a treat. You like, you, not only you gave me a treat, you gave everyone a treat. Like, that's so cool. Like, a neat thing to sneak in. And in the script, it's just like, a bunch of clowns are doing clown shit <laughs> and in, like and it's not just the clown from Twilight Zone. there's a bunch of recognizable clowns, and I love clowns. People like to talk shit on clowns. Maybe you gotta come through me if you want
1: i I threw in a uh, a clown from a tw- uh Tales from the Crypt episode and then Red Skelton. And then the killer clowns from outer space oh and God. also, uh, Yucko the clown from Howard Stern fame. And,
2: uh, <laughs> like how yeah. good do you get? Like <laughs> when you, an average person with an average artist says there's a scene with a bunch of clowns at the table and the whole scene was meant to be like, um, the last supper with a bunch of clowns. And he populates it with, like, the most – not just iconic – because, like, normally with a normal person, they're like, okay, I'll put Bozo and I'll put Ronald McDonald and I'll put blah, blah, blah. No, he goes into even deeper, cutty places (laughs) and creates a thing that is uniquely reflective of Noah which is why he's so much fun to work with. And that's why I can like, I can write a short piece for him, like an eight page thing and have one panel committed to being just like, I just want to make sure that Noah like laughs and remembers we're just kids playing. Yeah. Yeah. like, Like we're doing our best. Like this is a hard job, but like, let's have a moment of levity
1: well Well, yeah you know that's like part of the thing that kind of like um especially for double walker i mean i completely isolated myself for for the better part of a year and honestly so many late nights working on pages i was like just thinking about how you would react when you saw something that i put in there like the one that i was most excited about in double walker is the sequence with uh coley and gemma when he uh passes out in the woods and uh there's like a like a, I don't know, dream sequence kind of where they have a picnic. And um, I I did it where uh, it, tra- it transitions into winter and all of the trees decay in the background. And I was so excited for you to see that because I, I, I was like, oh, I know Michael's going to fucking love this idea, okay. you know?
2: Yeah, they stand <laughs> to this day as some of the strongest things in the book.
1: And again, in
2: the script, it was just, you know, Cully runs, basically bangs into a tree, goes into this delusional dream state, and yeah, there's a picnic and this and that. But to have the whole seasons change, to have the seasons reflective of this great change that's happening for our main characters, that... That's Noah. You know, that's that's a thing that I oftentimes hear this thing about, like writers and artists, and like who's done this and who's done that. with Noah and I. It, it's fifty-fifty. I'm not. I'm not working on half of the visual pages, though. So I might even slant more towards like,
1: <laughs> music a- a- thickness oh my god no i think that it's us dude i think that like you know like i think we've we've kind of uh like cultivated that 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 uh like creative i don't know what it is it's like uh like i feel comfortable to do those things and i think you do too and there were even points in the script on this one where you were like i'm not sure about this if you if you have a problem with this let me know you know and uh it's so cool that you would even want to check in with me but i just want you to do your fucking thing because it's always like i'm always blown away you know
2: well that means a lot in I hope that the listeners at home uh, see this is what like a good healthy creative
0: relationship. It's certainly can. A, a, a blueprint. And seeing the end result, it, it's hard to argue with its success. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I do have two art related questions uh, before we wrap up. and one is, uh, I typically don't ask what tools you use, how you work. For the most part, just because it's you know it's it, kind was, of a tired effort, a, but
2: it, that was an exception. Yeah, like, look yeah at,
0: exactly. So, uh, you know, it looks like colored pencil, crayon, like I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, what's what's your, what's your coloring and and rendering uh, tool set right now? Is it digital? Is it? So for
1: for this book, I
0: I really I made it. <clears throat>
1: a rule for myself beforehand to just allow myself to do whatever the fuck I wanted at any moment. So I, uh, I didn't want to be held to any standard, you know? So I, I, there are panels where I, I mean, I did some weird shit. I took, uh, some glue, I fucked up some paint brushes and I mushed them in charcoal and I made weird textures and, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's mostly like black wing, um, what are these guys? Five oh two or six oh two? Blackwing six oh two pencils, um micron pens, uh that that uh uh some ink, uh acrylic paint, charcoal, gouache, watercolors, uh yeah, any uh oil pastels, anything I, yeah, anything I can get my hands on
0: really I'm gonna use. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that that's it's certainly uh more than you know what my answer would be like oh it's uh clip studio and like this brush <laughs> so, uh, that's a much more well, interesting and, 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 and uh I guess uh what's one looking for satisfying answer
2: <laughs> there's Thank a digital you. back end to it like Noah did color yeah. using photoshop and- oh, yeah but yeah. even that's I, noah share the, share your your approach with that, because I think even that's quite interesting.
1: Um, so I, I was stumped for, for the entire time doing the artwork on how I was going to color this book. So um, I was re- getting really into old um, like fairy tale illustration. And I noticed that the, the four color process printing process was used throughout and they were able to achieve so many incredible Color schemes with just four colors, and uh, so I I wanted to do that, you know. So I just used four colors for the entire book, and then um, I scanned in two different types of uh, textured paper to use at, uh, as like a, um, an overlay to each panel, and uh, yeah, that was the the whole approach. Awesome,
0: <laughs> uh, that, that's really cool. I
2: I, I love that your Noah is all about freedom, but he creates these, like, crazy rules for himself. (laughs) Like in previous interviews, Noah has said, and I never really noticed it as a writer. I would just see incredible art come through and be like, yes, you've captured it. Yes, 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 more, go, go, go. But Noah made a rule for himself to make backgrounds for everything. Yeah, not to cut any corners and be like, Oh, like that's part of comics is being like, Oh, we're going to have a shorthand. Like you see, there's an establishing shot. You see someone in an environment and then you're allowed to not show the background anymore. Noah didn't cut himself that slack. It's and I guess that's part of the privilege of being a writer is you don't entirely notice it until People start commenting on it and being like, Wow, what an incredible amount of work <laughs> and you feel shitty as the writer being like, Oh yeah, like he totally drew every fucking background that he didn't even have to. He could have just laid it <laughs> you know, it's it's really neat and I uh, love that Noah is like me where I made a rule with with Double Walker not to have um not to have like narration bubbles or like caption or narration captions or location captions and stuff like that. I just wanted it to be all there kind of on the page. I wanted a show don't tell kind of thing <clears throat> And a, and shit like that. Like I love narration captions and we'll probably do it in future books, but, I, With yeah. this one, I I just wanted like I wanted Noah on Front Street. I wanted it to be like if you don't see it in the art, then it never happened. <laughs> well,
1: like, you know, you I are- think <laughs> I think that that like the 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 without narration and everything, it kind of adds to the loneliness of the story and that like isolation feeling. And another thing that I fucking love that you did is that I noticed as I was drawing it, I was like, wow they have not contacted anyone that they know. And I was like, that is fucking genius. Cause it makes me paranoid. Like I've read the book like 10 times and I'm like, they're fucking they're They're in another country. They're over in the UK in Scotland. And they're, I mean, they're, they're just completely alone. You know, like what, what, what is their family going to think? You know? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I was thinking it the whole time and, uh, I don't know. I think it's fucking genius.
2: Well, it's kind of ripped from the headlines because when I was over there, I, d- I did the same trip that Coley and Gemma do in um in Double Walker, and during that time, my phone was was useless. Yeah, hap- like we were over there. My partner Becky and I were over there when um when Tremor Dose came out, and I remember a wild frustration of not being able to promote my book properly because I was in the highlands of of Scotland. (laughs) I was in the Isle of Skye, baby. I I, like, I can't properly be doing this shit. And it was very tough. And I think part of, part of the choices made with Cully and Gemma are kind of part and parcel to that, of of that strange isolation that I felt of being like, Oh, if I wanted to call mom and dad, like that ain't, that ain't happening. Mm -hmm. And there's few places in the modern world where you can create that type of isolation without a big struggle to create it, to be like, well, there was an EMP bomb that went off (laughs) and, you know, like it's post-apocalyptic times and blah, 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 No, you're just on a trip. Your phone doesn't work. Like shit, kind of sucks. Like (laughs) you, like you can hit up your partner because they're on the same like bandwidth or whatever. But other than that, you're kind of out out the loop. Uh, Yeah, that's that's an observation. Like you can always count on Noah to to make these observations that like we wish readers would would make. But it's really like our our job, m- me and Noah, because it's just the two of us. Yeah, creating these things. Well, whether or not it's it's,
0: our- it's something that you know people immediately, re- you know like can call out specifically. It's definitely something that adds to the vibe and the, and and the feel of the book because you guys did create something that's you know you've captured isolation and, and just like this craziness and all that. And the last thing I wanted to bring up regarding the book is I've noticed that the way you chose to render Coley's eyes
1: mm-hmm.
0: is different than any other characters. Like the, just the, I don't know if that was a, a choice, but cause it, I don't, I didn't see that type of similar uh, approach to the eyes until the end where you kind of see some of the faithful coming up to feast on the old man of store Mm -hmm. and it's the same eyes. I don't know if there's a connection there or if that was just happy accident or am I reading too much into
2: it? (laughs) No, I suspect that nothing's a happy accident with Noah. Like he's just neurotic enough that like everything is thought through and I don't want to answer for Noah at all. But I think there's careful deliberation in terms of how to represent, especially the eyes are the window to the soul, as they say. <laughs> and I think there's, uh, there's very clear deliberation that kind of reveals big story elements in the way that Noah represents the characters.
1: Well yeah you know it's it's funny that you point that out because uh we had another interview where someone noticed things about people's eyes, and uh yeah the the eyes were a big part of uh like certain hints to things throughout the book and um i did yeah i was I was pretty conscious of my choices with the eyes um throughout the whole book, especially if you see in in the without giving too much away some of the the folk tales. If you pay attention to characters' eyes, and as they change, <laughs> that was yeah. I had a lot of fun doing that too. Thank, thank you for noticing that. That's fucking awesome.
0: Well, you know, it's you know, I'm I'm glad I did. Um, you know, I think uh, I think doing this podcast has actually made me a better comic book reader because, as opposed <laughs> to just taking in the the story and this like, oh, that was great. I really like that. You know it kind of makes me think a little bit more think a little and especially you know given my my own personal schedule and of how like quickly I have to read things sometimes and things like that, it's nice to be able to like have a reason <laughs> to like no let me give this a little more time let me let me let me dig a little bit deeper into this, and you know I'm glad you put it there I'm glad you've you know you've you two have obviously put a ton of love and consideration and just passion into this book. And it just, you know, it's, it's as apparent on the page as, is the, you know, the feelings you're trying to convey with isolation and loneliness and, you know, uh, horror and, and all these things. And, um, it's, you know, I'd, I'm not sure how many more ways I can say, you know, job well fucking done guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Thank so, you much. so much. Thank you so much. I really hope, yeah, yeah I really hope uh, this book does well for you. I really hope it leads to more of your collaborations and, you know, I don't want to, you've just put out the thing we've talked about, you know, you put out the thing and the sparkle fades, but is there talks of, you know, another, uh, you know, Conrad Bailey jam or you just kind of taking um. a breather at the moment? You know, we're we're
1: already working on our third book and it's uh it's going to be a lot bigger and if no matter what we're going to do it one way or another whether there's a publisher attached or or we're printing it from our basements or whatever so I mean, we're just going to do it no matter what.
2: <laughs> yeah, we've got we've got people we've got people publishers interested. It's it's there, you know. It's it's just us figuring out like what what's right for us, you know. Yeah. What's what's the right next step? Also, I think Double Walker is outperforming expectations. <laughs> like Noah and I are just a couple of weirdos who showed up with with the stuff that like the two of us thought w- was cool and we're discovering that more people thought it was cool than we could have expected (laughs) and much more than our publisher could have expected. Um, It's, it's just weird. You know, it's weird. uh, Noah and I have been on the phone day and night uh, since before it came out with with people that are interested in doing more with the material, uh, you take that as you will. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's been really interesting. It's been exciting. It's been fun. Uh, yeah. that's what we wanted when we made this book. We, we wanted to do something that would, would excite people. And we did it by virtue of, a. A weird slow burn book that uh, <laughs> many people would have would say, "Oh, this this ain't gonna fly," and then it ends up being a number one bestseller. So, to those people uh, who said it wasn't gonna fly, I say, "Me, uh, look at the numbers and fucking <laughs> watch us watch us do another one." We'll make yeah. it even weirder next time man
0: <laughs> awesome
1: you know i think yeah i think that the the most important thing to me when we're doing these books is just that i like it honestly because uh <laughs> i <clears throat> i think that like you you can totally tell when there's a person that is creating something that just really isn't into the material and uh so i think that if the creator loves it then hopefully that shows and then other people will love it in return, you know? And yeah, I absolutely fucking love this book. So yeah,
2: and, uh, watch, us, watch us keep going.
0: All right. Well guys, thank you so much for coming on. I've had a blast talking to you. If you can let everybody know now where they can find you on social media, I'll uh, make sure there's links in the show notes below and also where they can uh, go to Comicsology and pick up double Walker.
2: Yeah. Noah can be found at, Boyish Death Tribe on uh, on Instagram and Boyish Death on Twitter,
1: and I highly suggest you follow those. And Michael can be found at Michael W Conrad on both platforms. Yeah, and so yeah.
2: we're we're a goddamn squad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you like what I do uh you gotta like what noah does and if you don't then you don't get me baby
0: you are uh both extremely uh welcome and worthy follows on my social media feeds so yeah i <laughs> thank I, you so if much my endorsement means anything which it probably doesn't it probably hurts you guys but still
1: <laughs> no you're you're
0: the best man <laughs> we're uh thank you it's uh yeah go go check these guys out again there'll be links in the show notes below michael noah thanks again
1: Thank you so much, man. Thanks for all the kind words and for the great interview. I really appreciate it. You're welcome.
0: Thanks for listening to the Comics Talk Metal Podcast. Please be sure to return next week with my guest, Lan Pitts.